Thank you, Missy. 
If you would, open your Bibles to Isaiah 53, and we'll be looking at verse 6. Now, in the Bible, sheep are mentioned in several contexts. The first is, is we see that they are mentioned as a, a farm animal. People would keep flocks of sheep. The second way that they are mentioned, they're mentioned as a sacrificial animal. They would be used for sacrifice, and we see this in the Old Testament numerous times. So sheep were used for their meat and their wool. They were used as sacrificial animals. You can go all the way back to Genesis to see this when it says that Abel became a tender of sheep, and when he would tend sheep, the sheep would be used for their meat or their wool, and then they would also be used as sacrifice because Abel would sacrifice the sheep. Then we see that they are used metaphorically. In the New Testament, it says that Jesus is the Lamb of God. He was the sacrificial Lamb of God. And He was sacrificed for our sins. Then, the next way that sheep are seen in the Bible is they are related to man, or man is related to them. Basically, sheep are used to describe wayward man, as we see here in Isaiah. All we like sheep have gone astray. And why is it that sheep are used to describe man? You know, it would be easy to say because sheep are not a very smart animal. But that's not really the reason. It's because sheep get focused on one thing. And basically, if they're eating, they're focused solely on eating and they start to wander as they eat. And as they eat and they're focused on eating, they get lost. They're easily lost. And when the sheep finishes eating, it doesn't know where it is or how to return, basically, to find its flock. And when we look at sin, we're the same way in terms of sin. We are wayward sheep, and we go off on our own, and we, we just get lost, and we have no way to find our way back home. So look at Isaiah 53, verse 6, and what Isaiah writes says, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for this beautiful day that you have given us, a day that we could just come and worship. And Lord, I just thank you and praise you that we live in a in a country where we can just come and worship you freely without fear of oppression. And Lord, we just, 
lift up this service to you today, Lord, and just ask that you would be with us today. Lord, just speak through me and give me the words to say. And if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts today. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with those that are sick and shut in, those that may be traveling, those that have lost loved ones. We just lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today. Just speak through me and give me the words to say and just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, when you look in Isaiah 53, in the preceding verses of Isaiah 53, Isaiah is speaking about the coming Messiah. He talks about how the Messiah, the Christ, would come and that he would be despised, he would be rejected, that he would bear our infirmities, he would be called a man of sorrow. People would look at him and really wouldn't even esteem him as being the Son of God or the Messiah. They wouldn't recognize who he was. But then Isaiah starts to talk about how the Messiah would be smitten by God. Smitten as that sacrificial lamb. That he would be put to death. We see that in Isaiah 53 verse 9. That he pretty much made his grave with transgressors. Basically when he was crucified, he was crucified with with thieves on each side of him. Isaiah tells how he would be wounded and smitten and and killed, broken, basically as pretty much 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 says that he died for our sins. That the Messiah would die for our sins. Christ died for our sins. And then Isaiah moves from that description of the Messiah, and he starts to talk about how we are like sheep. How we are like sheep. Sheep that goes astray. Sheep that focuses on one thing and then wanders off looking for that one thing. And that's how we are when it comes to sin. Look at what Isaiah says. We go, or we have turned everyone to his own way. We've turned everyone to his own way. We're just like that wayward sheep. But there's something specific about what he says here. How we're turned everyone to his own way. And pretty much that tells us about sin. It tells us about sin. Now think about something. If you go out and you're in a large group of people and say every single person that you're with is sinning, is there a such thing as group sin? Does God look at sin as a group sin like I'm going to punish this this group? No. Sin is individual. All the group may be sinning, but when you stand before God, you are responsible for your own sin. 
You can't say, well, I was with this group of people. Isaiah says, we've each went his own way. We've each turned to their own way. Sin is individual. Just like a sheep. You can have three or four sheep wander off, and they might all go to the same place, but they've went there individually. One might go this one direction, another might go another direction, another will go another direction. They've all wandered from the same flock, but they're going their own way. And that's how we are as humans. And that's how sin is. Sin is individual. When we sin, it's individual. We can't blame anyone else for our sin. I can't sit there and say, well, I've sinned, but Missy made me do it. Missy didn't make me do anything. Now, don't tell her I said that. (laughs) But when it comes to sin, I'm going to be doing it individually. Each person's sin is individual. Each person is responsible for their own sin. And each person will be judged individually. We're like sheep that have wandered off. Going their own way. But you know, this tells us something else about sheep. You know, not only does it tell us about sin, but it tells us something about sheep. And it tells us something about ourselves. What happens when that sheep wanders off from the flock? It becomes helpless. It becomes helpless. You know, a sheep, even when they're with the flock, they're still helpless. They need protection. Have you ever heard of a sheep taking down a wolf? No. A sheep is a harmless animal. They're helpless, defenseless animals, and they need protection. And when they wander off on their own, they're out on their own. And they're defenseless. They're helpless. And they're lost. They're turned around. They don't know which direction to go to get back to the flock. We're the same way. Think about Peter. What was it that Jesus told Peter? He said, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. And then... Jesus says, but I have prayed for you. When it comes to Peter and Satan, who was helpless? Peter was helpless. When it comes to Satan and us, who's helpless? We're helpless. We're helpless. Defenseless. You see, when the sheep is with the flock, on their own, if the shepherd's not around, they're pretty defenseless. But when the shepherd is there, when the shepherd is with the flock, they have the shepherd to defend them, but they also have the shepherd to lead them. They have the shepherd to lead them. 
on their own, they can get lost in their easy prey for the wild animals. But when the shepherd is with them, they have a defense. So what happens when a sheep goes astray? Look at what Jesus says in Luke 15. Look at Luke 15, verses 4 through 6. Jesus is speaking a parable, and he says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth on his shoulders with joy. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. In this passage, Jesus is telling us the parable of the lost sheep. He's saying that if a, if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one wanders off, that shepherd is going to leave the 99 sheep and he's going to go and search until he finds the one sheep that he has lost. This tells us about God's role as a shepherd. But it also tells us our role as a sheep. Think about it. The shepherd leaves the 100 sheep, he goes out and he searches until he finds the sheep that's lost, and then what does it say he does? He picks it up. He puts it on his shoulders, and then he carries it back home. He carries it back home. And then when he gets back home, he calls all of his friends and neighbors together and they rejoice that he found that sheep. Just as Christ says there's rejoicing in heaven when one comes to salvation. But this parable tells us about the sheep and the shepherd. Look at what it says about the sheep. The sheep wanders off all we like sheep have gone astray. The sheep wanders off on its own and it gets lost. It's easy prey for the wild animals. It's helpless. It can't find its way back to the flock. It can't save itself. It's helpless. It's helpless. It can't find the shepherd. Why? Because it single-mindedly followed its belly instead of looking at where it was going. Just as when we fall into sin, we single-mindedly focus on that sin. We have to commit that sin. And then after we commit the sin, after we've wandered off from God, then we start wondering, where am I at? What am I doing? It's lost, it's helpless, and it can't save itself, and it's easily devoured if a wild animal comes up to it. But you have the shepherd, Jesus Christ, 
the Son of God. And when he realizes that that sheep is lost, he goes to find it. He goes to find it. And he searches and he searches and he searches until he finds that sheep. And then what does he do? He doesn't push the sheep along and say, go back to the flock. Because the sheep on its own, it can't find the flock. He picks the sheep up and puts it on his shoulders, bearing the weight of that sheep, and he carries it back to the flock. That is exactly what happened when Christ was crucified. What does Isaiah say? He hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The weight of our sins was laid on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Jesus picks up the shape and bears the weight on his shoulders and carries it back to the flock. Bearing the weight of the sheep the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Bearing our sins on his shoulders. So think about something. What does it tell us about the sheep? The sheep just wanders off on its own and gets lost. But the shepherd looks for the sheep He searches for the sheep until he finds it. And then when he finds the sheep, he picks the sheep up and puts it upon his shoulders, bearing its weight, and he carries it all home. The sheep can do nothing. It's wayward, wandering, lost, and helpless. The shepherd does it all just as Christ did it all for us. He searches, he finds, and he bears our weight. And he saves us. Salvation is of the Lord. And this is a beautiful picture of what Christ has done for us. Wayward sheep, lost, astray, until he finds us. And carries us home. And if you don't know him as Lord and Savior. Let him carry you home. Let him bear your weight. Let him pick you up. Let him save you. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I just thank you that we can just look to your word and just see your love for us, your care for us, and how you have done everything to save us, Lord, and that we just need to look to you for guidance. We need to look to you for our salvation. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today. And Lord, as we go into this time of invitation, If there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to their heart, convict them of sin, Lord, and let them...
just see their need for you and just save them today, Lord. And again, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for all the blessings that you've given us. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.